I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this, you may ask? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word. It is the podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I'm the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Steven, Steven. Yes. What, what is the good word? The word is to hell with Georgia. Uh, we have got a great show for you today. We are going to do the the way we do the show. We break it down into two main sections. We do news first, and then we do what we call a chunk. We kind of go in-depth into a topic. So, Joshua, uh, give them the preview of the chunk today. Well, the chunk, you're going to want to stick around for it because we are taking a relatively deep dive on what exactly has Brent Key done to take this team that couldn't couldn't hang with a power five team to save their life. Even 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 group of five teams were beating us by 17 points. So what has Brett Key done since he took over that has allowed Georgia Tech to beat two of probably the five best teams in the ACC this season? Two of the top teams for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we also said pre-show meeting that it, good news, especially around the football program, has been so sparse for so long. When you win two in a row... I know we talked about the pit game last week, so we're not going to just break down the game. We do want to talk about the keys. The keys. Irony Major intended. key alert. Exactly. So uh, before we get to that, let's get into the news section of the program. Joshua, why don't you go ahead and start with the review of the football game very quickly. Yeah, we're not going to go too deep, just kind of the typical game notes. Uh, Georgia Tech had... A decent day on both sides of the ball. Um, they were able to open up a 20-6 to lead at about 10.42 of the fourth quarter, so the game looked like it was going to be relatively in hand. But as with everything Atlanta sports related, it was not easy. Uh, Duke took a punt return, or took a punt, put it, uh, housed it with about five minutes left. Uh, they were down seven. And then on their final drive, they were able to score a touchdown in the waning seconds uh, due to some help from the officiating, to keep it that way. If you haven't seen the clips, go Google them. Uh, You can find them all over Twitter. They were quite uh, spectacular in the referee's incompetence, especially that roughing the passer call on um, Sylvain. That was uh, questionable, to say the least. Spectacular ineptitude. It's it's something. It's something. But um, either way, just a typical kind of... Stars of the game, Jeff Sims had a had a good game, over 300 yards from scrimmage, uh, 227 passing, 95 rushing, uh, good good efficiency, 23 or 34. Uh, tech ground game in general, they rushed for 180 yards. Nate McCollum continues to be the best wide receiver that Georgia Tech has seen in about five to ten years. Uh, eight catches for 101 yards, and the big one, the one that I like to see. Redshirt freshman Leo Blackburn, his first real game action of his Georgia Tech career, 
able to get three catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. We saw him go up on a, on a deep ball there from Sims to get that touchdown. So good to see the young kids getting in, um, getting in there and uh, making their plays. Um, Ace Ali, another good game, nine tackles, half a sack, half a tackle for loss. Charlie Thomas, a quiet game for his uh, standards, which means seven tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass defended with a quarterback hurry. Come on, Charlie, you got to bring it. Are no. you kidding me? Just seven tackles, only one tackle for loss? I'm kidding, Charlie. Please don't come. We're <laughs> your fans. By the way, I would like to give a shout out to Ace Ely. I would like Ace to reach out to us here at What's the Good Word and tell us how to correctly pronounce his name. You call it Ely. Ely. Uh, you call it Ely, and I'm wondering if it's Ace Ely. I've, 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 I think it's Ely. I've looked up the pronunciation guy. Okay. I'm doing work here. Okay. Um, and then the big, other big one, KJ Wallace, uh, transfer from Auburn, was able to snag an interception when Duke was driving. So, yeah, some, in the red zone. Yeah, that was a very Some great individual game. performances from the Georgia Tech team. By, by the way, Ace can contact us anyway, even though apparently we both say it the same way. Uh, Ace or Charlie or any of the tech players can reach out. Anyway, uh, quick news story here. Women's volleyball, we've been kind of keeping track uh, of them in the news section of what's the good word. Uh, very important weekend this weekend. Both games were at home. Uh, they did get to defeat on Friday uh, the Virginia Cavaliers 3-0. Uh, and they were very famous here on Sunday the 9th. They uh, got to play at McCamish Pavilion against the ninth-ranked Pitt Panthers. They went in as the 10th-ranked team. Unfortunately, they fell 3-1 to one to Pitt. That makes the women's volleyball record currently 11-4 overall, 4-2 in the conference. They have lost to Louisville, who was second-ranked, and now Pitt, who's ninth-ranked. If Tech wants to improve on last year's uh, record and ending in the tournament, they need to continue to get better. Uh, very cool that first ever volleyball game in McCamish Pavilion. I believe I saw an attendance figure of about 4,000 fans. Uh, they will be on the road for the next two games. They play Clemson and Duke on the road. They return Friday, October 21st against Boston College and Sunday, October 23rd against Syracuse. Both of those are at home. You can buy tickets uh, for the O'Keefe Gymnasium. I believe tickets are $10 for adults. They might even be less expensive than that. Certainly go out and support uh, the Lady Yellow Jackets. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get some recruiting news uh, because there's there's a decent amount over the weekend for the good thing. Uh, there are reports that Zachariah Keith has decommitted from Georgia Tech currently. Uh, it's not necessarily verified. Rivals is the only one so far that said anything. Um, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, Zachariah Keith still listed as a Georgia Tech commit, um, still 100% a lock to come to Tech. But just background on him, um, he's the 688th ranked player, according to 24-7 Sports. He's a top 65 in Georgia, top 60 disposition, which is the edge. Uh, 6'5", 250 out of Douglasville, Georgia. Uh, he's the second best player in the class, so Tech definitely wants to hold on to him. Uh, but like I said, unsubstantiated reports right now. Uh, Tech uh, rivals claims, claims it to be true, but so far it doesn't seem to be reported anywhere else, even on his Twitter. Um, the other big recruiting news for the Duke game, the Georgia Tech did have a ton of recruits 
in town, on the field, on campus for the game. They had some commits like Elias Coy, Ben Galloway, Zion Taylor, Patrick Screws, Justin Reed. Um, so they're still trying to kind of keep them um, locked down. But they also had a bunch of other 2023 guys that haven't yet committed. The big one being, quite literally, uh, Gabriel Fortson. He's a guy that I think we've mentioned once or twice here on this podcast. Uh, he's a big, big O-line pro- prospect out of Kennesaw, Georgia, 6'4", 300 pounds. Uh, and he's he's one of the better ones. He's a 66th in Georgia, uh, top 700 in the nation. A teammate of Jacob Cruz, who is a current commit. Uh, some of the other ones that came in, a wide receiver out of Mississippi, Isaiah Spencer. Um, unranked, but um, he had given he's committed to Southern Mississippi currently. So Dell Alexander, the wide receivers coach, doing some work there. Um, Damari Franklin out of Kathleen, Georgia. He made a return visit. He came over in June for the prospect camp, and he was back on. Uh, he was also here for the Clemson game. So Tech is at least bringing him on, and he's he seems to be interested. Uh, unranked on 24/7, but you know never know. Uh, Nyreek Sharp out of Stockbridge. Shout out Michael Harris. Uh, cornerback, he was... Um, uh, Michael Harris the second. Although we can shout out his Michael father, Harris. Michael Harris. Um, so he's also been offered by Arizona, Western Kentucky. He's a DB, if you didn't catch that. Uh, unranked as well, but, you know, Tech, Tech's trying to... They, they might see something there that 24-7 Sports hasn't caught on to. Uh, Adrian Griffin out of Alabama. Uh, he's an offensive lineman, Brent Key recruit, and Brent Key seems to have an eye for this kind of stuff, so who knows. Um, he's a, currently a Troy commit, but he also has a ton of Power 5 offers. Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Mississippi State, Tennessee, West Virginia, and Georgia Tech. So he's definitely well sought after. Um, and then there are a few others, uh, some top-tier guys like Cameron Lindhart and Raul Papo Aguirre. Uh, like top 200 guys in this class so they're at least on campus they're at least checking out georgia tech uh but one of uh, aguire's already committed to miami so who knows? well he can decommit like he the other guy decommitted uh jonathan allen defensive tackle uh javion clark former jacket commit was on campus but the big one that i really want to talk about jarvis lee is a cornerback at img academy obviously if you know college football img is a production mind for these kind of guys uh he's a top top 1,000 player, um, pretty good physical, is 5'11", 173, but uh, this visit apparently made Georgia Tech the front runner for him, according to reports. So currently, it looks like Tech is trending towards, it looks like the biggest competition is Virginia. Okay. And if we're being honest, Tech has a little bit more to offer than the University of Virginia. We believe so. We're very biased. Absolutely. So as And they had some 2024 guys on campus there, too. Uh, I'll just briefly say the names. Xavier Miles, Riley Trujillo, and David Inziamume. Um, so they had a lot of guys on campus for a very good win. Man. I thought it was just going to be quick recruiting news. Holy cow, there was a there was an entire class there. So Got to make they, sure everybody knows who's coming. They got to see a good game. Before I give the last piece of sporting news around Georgia Tech athletics. It does involve the swimming and diving team. The very first time they've made an appearance on our show. So welcome to the swimming and diving team. I want to shout out one of our listeners who actually reached out to the show and reminded me, especially as the alum, that something very important happened last week. We did a show last week and you mentioned a new surface uh, where the basketball team plays. And you and I both made the mistake of calling it the wrong name. For eight to nine years of its opening, it was called McCamish Pavilion. Mm-hmm. But I was reminded by our our number one fan of our show that 
actually we had been saying it wrong because the family who helped give so much money to the rejuvenation of the pavilion it's actually McCamish. 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 And there's a funny story before that got announced on the broadcast it was one particular basketball game last year where the broadcaster was saying it correctly and they didn't mention that at the top of the broadcast or I missed it and I was like this doofus is saying it wrong well we've been saying it wrong in our first few episodes of this show so we're still working on it to the McCamish family I'm sorry we're going to work on it but it's McCamish Pavilion so just wanted to make that correction thank you for that Last piece of news before we get into the chunk of the show. Want to shout out the swimming and diving team, specifically freshman swimmer Denise Ertan. Denise, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. She, as a freshman swimmer, broke the school record in the women's 1,000 free with a time of 9 minutes 43.62 seconds. And the Georgia Tech swimming and diving team earned the first road win of the season as they defeated UNC Wilmington. So we won the meet, and a freshman swimmer in the 1,000 free broke the school record. So kudos to them. Well done. Seth, always impressive. Um, I don't know any of the swimming and diving recruits who were at the meet. Of course, that was on the road, so they'll be at home. So my apologies to that. 24-7 sports. Maybe you should cover that. Maybe right. you should. Uh, just one one more piece of news. Ooh, breaking into, news. Is this well, breaking news? It's not breaking news. Okay. It's news that wasn't sure covered had. about in the pre-show. So Tech, obviously, is currently without a permanent head coach and a athletic director. Um, both people are – they're two people with the interim tags. So there was a report from Ken Segura in the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution – talking about three potential candidates for the open AD position because it's supposed to be done around November 1st. So we've got a few more weeks to kind of think about this. Um, the three names he mentioned are uh, Mike Buddy, who is the current Army Athletic Director, okay. uh, Georgia State Athletic Director Charlie Cobb, and former Auburn Athletic Director Alan Green. So, And Joshua and I are, are very quick to point out we know very little about any of those candidates we certainly don't have much of an opinion about which AD they should hire, except, hey guys, get a good one. Yeah, the brief background, Buddy's been at Army since 2019. Uh, head coach there, currently Jeff Monken, one of the guys that's been mentioned as a potential tech uh, head coaching candidate because of the triple option. Uh, before that, he was hired at Furman, and they were actually very good while he was there. Uh, he was also senior associate AD at Wake Forest. Um, Charlie Cobb, the guy at Georgia State, he was the AD at Appalachian State for nine years. Uh, he was hired at Georgia State in 2014. So he's been an AD at multiple different schools. And both schools relatively successful. At Georgia State, his biggest thing was obviously getting Turner Field, turning it into a football stadium. Um, but he also oversaw Appalachian State kind of becoming the FCS school that no one wants to play, except people still continue to give them checks to beat them. Not only that, but Georgia State's <laughs> basketball program has been incredibly yes. successful the last decade. Yes. I'm sure he has something to do with that, hiring those coaches. They are opening a new facility, which Georgia Tech will christen in their yes. first game of the season in basketball. Yes. So, the, the other big one, uh, Alan Green, Auburn AD, so he's done it at the Power 5 level. Uh, biggest reason he kind of got kicked out at Auburn was similar to Todd Stansberry. He hired current Auburn head coach Brian Harson, who has, uh, for lack of a better term, not worked out. 
but some of that almost isn't even his fault uh, from the moment he kind of came on campus. He wasn't the boosters pick, and the boosters have an outsized influence on the Auburn campus. They even had to make up stories to try to get him fired. Have you heard about that? No. To all our listeners, you go go look up the Brian Harson story and what the boosters attempted to do. It's one of the more despicable acts I've seen around college football. It's, it's insane. But, um, you know, winning at Auburn and just being kind of involved, the fans are a little... I don't want to say delusional, but they expect a lot from a program that's never really had the same level of accomplishment. But before that, he was also AD at Buffalo, where he inherited coach Lance Leopold. So if they still have a good relationship, maybe he's worth the hire to get Lance out of Kansas. There you go. We'll see. That was much more in-depth than I expected. So well done, sir. It's almost like you are a sports media man. So let's uh, get into the what we like to say chunk there was a period early in the show i think in a span of a minute we said the word chunk four times so let's let's i don't know if there's a better word for it let's get into the keys to brent key the major uh, key alert yeah. dj collin uh, we're just trying to get in early on the most obvious play on words that will be overused even if he just remains the interim tech twitter accounts are already using it absolutely Te- uh, george tech football 2 and 0 under brent key they defeated duke joshua gave you the breakdown of the game Let's talk about how Brent Key is, what he's doing, how he's making this work, all the different things that Brent Key, just why are we sitting here today with joy of two straight wins, something Jeff Collins never did? So it's, I saw somebody make this comment and I think it's a very, very true fact. Jeff Jeff Collins was a recruiter. Jeff Collins was a salesman. Jeff Collins was a marketer. Brent Key is a football coach. Yes. And you, it comes through in the way he talks in his press conference, and it comes through in the way he looks on the sidelines. Brent Key was has been doing this for a while. Like he, he is coaching these kids up. And I'm not saying that Jeff Collins hasn't coached anybody up. I will. I, I, we weren't there day in and day out. I don't know what he was doing. I just know that for the same roster – to go from not being able to compete against Clemson and Ole Miss and blowing chance after chance after chance against a very beatable UCF team correct? to beating, like I said, two of the top five teams in the ACC right now in Pittsburgh and Duke. It's It's got to be coaching because it can't be the players. Well, so... The team's the same. So let me jump in. I am going to say that anyone who wants to dog Jeff Collins, it be it's becoming a little more apparent... He clearly knew how to find talent and recruited talent to Georgia Tech. As good as Brent Key is, he doesn't win those two games without talent on the roster. You watch this team, it is so obvious that there is talent at multiple positions. The, The defensive backfield is big and physical. The defensive line now is getting pressure. They they are fast and big and dominating. You have huge wide receivers. You have very good running backs. You have Jeff Sims, arguably the best athlete on the field in almost any game he steps on the field to play. Mm -hmm. So there's no question Jeff Collins recruited. But what I will say as the alum is Jeff Collins was a not a good coach. He did not coach well, and he did not lead well. Okay. Yeah, not. He brought the people in, but he never led them where they needed to go. It is quite obvious Brent Key is leading them where they need to go. 
So the biggest thing I see, the number one thing I wanted to say of what his keys are, I just want to keep pointing out, I said this last week, I will say it this week, I'm enjoying every time they show the sideline, mm-hmm. which they need to stop because it doesn't change. Brent Key is coaching. Face, he is leading. face of stone. He is just, he's got this jaw of granite. He's talking to people. He's He's not running over here and running there. He's not getting all excited. He just is leading well and saying, come on, boys, that's the way. Let's go. There's there's the next step. That's where we need to go. Come on. Yeah. Turn the page. Next play. Next, next move. So that's been what I've seen is a calming influence. Yeah. The biggest thing, other than that, obviously, like the coaching is a is huge and I think this kind of feeds into coaching but an underrated thing that not underrated the biggest thing I think I've seen that's a difference in the last two games Jeff Sims is looking like the 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 talent that was promised he's he's running angry he's not looking to kind of be a pocket passer he is remembering that he is 6'4 220 and has breakaway speed so he's willing to run some people over and run past some people and not to mention his accuracy, I think it's opening up the passing game for him. Yes. And for this is this is a brief rant. I just saw this in the box score. I don't understand how Jeff Sims with a passer line of 23 for, for, for 34, 227 yards and two touchdowns has a lower quarterback rating than uh, Leonard from Duke who went 20 of 41 for 136 with a touchdown and an interception. I don't know how that works in the mathematic formula. So... Clearly, the QBR rating was not created by tech people. Is that what you're saying? I think it was created by an SEC fan. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they fully understand what the the, yeah. the multiply sign e- either is. Either that, or someone who was into sci-fi and some Hobbit math or something. Like I don't that. know. I, I don't man. understand. I, the other thing I was going to say, uh, you you mentioned Jeff Sims, and and that's absolutely. I've just been sitting here the last two weeks thinking, what's different? What's different? What's different? And obviously, we're not at practice. We do listen to a, a little bit of the press conferences, but we're not like Ken and, and the other guys who are down there all the time yeah. and around the program, and we're not in the locker room. But what it would appear to me is they, they aren't changing the playbook. They aren't uh, – it's not like Brent Key went to the went to the, court, the Thacker and, and the other coordinators and were like, this is how I want it done. He is leading people to be their best. He, is allow, he has figured out – how to let the players play, how to get the most out of his team in a short amount of time. He's mentioned at the conferences, you know, they did make some change to how they practice. And he talks about stacking days upon days upon days, and he's taking each game as a one-week season. And I've heard, it's coach speak to an extent, but clearly there is something that he has freed up both coaches and players to be their best, to go out there. And maybe it's, and he said it at the very beginning, you know, go take what, you know, go take it rather than waiting for the game to come to them. Don't wait for things to come to you. Go do what you need to do. He's, he's tapped into something. Well, the only thing I'll push back on about the coordinators and whatnot, I think Chip Long has kind of, he's adapted his offense. And we saw it in the Clemson game. He kind of adapted his offense to where we talked about. We this. know they're not going to get, like, we're not going to have any time. But he's done it even more so recently. There's, there's a lot more designed runs for Jeff Sims. We didn't see a lot of those at the beginning of the year. You know, we've, we've seen a little bit yes. more of a quick, 
Yeah, quick the simple offense. follow yeah. play of just get the running back and pull a yeah. guard and, and just go follow, get to yeah. the edge and, and stop this and if you can. I think part of it also is we, we do have to take into account they're not playing a Clemson or an Ole Miss. You know, I mean, Correct. Pitt, That's true. Pittsburgh is good. They're not Clemson. Yes. Know, Duke is good. They're not Ole Miss. But, but we're also dominating them yes. in certain areas. Like our defense – the last last game against Duke was dominating that game. Yes, that that game isn't close unless there's the two terrible penalty calls in the last drive and a punt return and the punt return, which yes. I don't like it, but I'll take that over a blocked punt yeah. for a touchdown because at least he earned that one. Start kicking it out of bounds, guys! Come on, I mean if you're going to max protect, <laughs> kick it out of bounds. But uh, yes, they yeah, th- that's both so, of these games that we've won. We've been up by two scores late. Yeah, and, and, and so we're not sitting here saying we could have beat Clemson, we could have beat Ole Miss, but we could have been a heck of a lot more. We were in both. Of, we were in the Clemson game yes. at least until the defense just gave out because the offense couldn't hold on to the ball. But the the biggest thing I've seen that's different, and I I think we said it. I think I tried to say it at the beginning of the year. Jeff Sims was going to be the catalyst to anything that happened. This yes, year. Je- Jeff Sims is the best athlete on the field nine times out of ten. And any time Jeff Sims is playing at his best, your offense. I saw a stat. There's Georgia Tech is seven and four when Jeff Sims rushes for more than fifty yards, and one and eleven when he doesn't. And the one win was this year against Western Carolina. So clearly, he's when you do that, it at least opens up the rest of the game. Yes. It's just for the running backs, but also we're seeing it now for the downfield passing attack. I mean, he had time to throw for Leo Blackburn. He had time to look for EJ Jenkins. He had time to look for all these guys. When you had were playing teams like Clemson and Ole Miss and that threat wasn't there, they could just sit on that. You know, like it wasn't they weren't they didn't have to worry about that downfield passing attack. And and I agree with you Jeff Sims is the best and he is the catalyst, but it is clear also this team has got a stud defense. We always mention oh, yeah. Charlie and Ely, oh, yeah. but it isn't nah, just that. Samari Walton, Makia Scott, Keon Kyle Kennard. I mean, there's a lot of players, there's and they studs. are making plays. Um, shout out, uh, and now I can't, King, I believe. Jalen King. Is out for the yeah, season. Yeah, unfortunately, so Jaylen, True freshman, Clayton Powell-Lee, still making plays back yeah, there. Though. Well, That's Jaylen, the crazy part. best of luck. I hope you recover fully. Can't wait to see you next year on the field. But... It, I'm going to finish with this. This is going to be my last key that I'm going to say. If you haven't, go look for the post-game celebration in the locker room, but also look for the team post-game and Brent Key getting to run to the other end of the field and sing the fight song with the student body, which, if I'm not mistaken, they have not been able to do against an ACC opponent in four years. In quite a while, that's for sure. And to watch Brent Key react emotionally after not reacting emotionally all through the game, being a good coach, keeping it in, not getting too high or too low, he allowed his emotions to get not the best of him, but he allowed his emotions to come out doing something he got to do as a player. And and I know it was because he got to see these players most of all of whom, if again, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we'd won an ACC game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've already been corrected about McCamish Pavilion, but I don't think any of them have been able to do that against an ACC opponent. All the wins, I think, were on the road, if I'm not mistaken. But definitely, you can count them on less than on one hand, and you probably only need one or two fingers to see those guys get to run to the end zone and sing the fight song with the student body. 
by beating Duke at home, Brent Key gets it. Yeah, which is why I think he's the more he wins and the more he coaches, the more it looks like he might be a very viable candidate for this head coaching position. If just because, like you said, he gets it. You know, he, he knows what the program's about. He was part of the program himself. He clearly loves the program. So I... We will see. He's got the passion part of it down, and he sure looks like he's got the coaching. The biggest thing I think he's you, you would have to see is can he recruit? You know, yes. can, what kind of kids can he get in? Not just offensive line kids because he's got a good class this year, but what kind of you know players can he get into the system? So how? So you know, we I gave Jeff a compliment. I gave Collins a compliment. Clearly, he could recruit. How much of that was him, and I'm sure he organized a bunch of it, he's the head coach, how much were the assistants, yeah. and how much can Brent Key build on what is a is a group of decent recruits who for two weeks are playing their best, mm-hmm. can he recruit as well, good or better? So far, to me, the biggest telling sign is he has, I mean, Tech had 16 commits when he took the job as interim head coach, and so far, reportedly... He's only got one that's decommitted, which yeah. is which is a big deal. That is because a big normally deal. when a coach gets fired, you see like half those recruits go. Especially in today's, I'm at least gonna take my, I'm at least gonna open up my recruiting again yeah. to see what else is out there because they don't they don't necessarily want to say I'm not going there, but they also don't want to stay committed to a program with such turmoil and uncertainty. So the fact that he hasn't lost anybody yet. He's still got Javin Simpkins. He's still got Jensley Auguste. And he's still getting guys like Gabriel Fortston on campus. I, So I am, I am uh, I'm calling for the uh, Brian Snitker treatment of, hey, of Brent yeah, Key. Because they, the best thing they gave it to him. Hey, Brent, can you, can you make the best of this situation? And Snit, we talked about this on a past episode. Brian Snitker did that for the Braves. As a thank you, they said, well, we'll bring you, bring you back for one more year. I know there's no such thing as one-year deals in college football for coaches, but maybe they'll give him a, a two- or three-year deal and say, just get us through the turmoil. Um, I, I don't see an issue with because if he proves he can recruit, then you can keep him, and you can try to extend him even farther. But if not, I mean, at least you know the kids that do come in, he's going to coach them up. So you and I in two weeks have gone from, man, okay, Brenke's got no chance, and now we're saying, I don't know. So here's – and I said this last week. I'm going to ask you again. So now they're at three. They're 2-0 under Brent. They've got three wins for the season. What's the magic number? Because I've heard people go that he's got to get him to a bowl game. See, I don't want to say that because that's just three more wins. Right. And I don't know if the team, I don't know if the program would go for that because realistically, looking at the remaining schedule, UVA after the bye week, I think that they're a, they're a, now we're expecting to win. I don't want to say expect, but they're a very beatable team. Yes. Same thing with Virginia Tech. They're Correct. a very beatable team. Correct. And then, you know, Florida State, Miami, UNC, those are going to be good games. But Miami isn't what everybody was hyping them up to be before the season. Florida State is kind of hit or miss. They're four and two right now, but they found some weird ways to lose. And UNC is all offense, no defense. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. So, isn't it interesting? It's the beginning of the season with Jeff Collins. There were people, and you and I talked about it at the very beginning of the season. How many does Collins have to win to keep his job? And I was being generous and saying. He just needs to show improvement. Maybe not four, but at least get to five. Where others were saying he's got to get to a bowl game. He's got to get to a. He's got to be bowl eligible to keep his job. Now, wouldn't we have to say if Brent Key took over a one and three team, one and four, 
one and three. One and three, you're right. And get them to a bowl game. I I don't see why you don't give them another year. I, I don't see why you now give them nobody full, takes a one year, but keep them as an interim. Hey, we're I gonna mean, keep you on as in an interim. Fairness, would Brent do that? Would all no? Those? I think I think if you give him one year, I mean, he's he was the offensive line coach before this year, and yeah, respectfully, his offensive line did not look good. Now but I think they'd have to give him a multi year. It's probably minimum four years, but I, it, maybe they give him a three year deal, but for minimum money, and just bring stability to the program. A, I've the recruits have said it. I think it's if you keep him around, you know he'll coach. You keep Kenyatta Watson around, you know he'll recruit. And then you some Seymour, um, Alexander, Daniels. I yeah, I think you've got some good position coaches around. So just kind of what a difference two weeks. Yeah, makes. I just say I I, I I want to believe I'm not looking at this through rose tinted glasses. But you know what it is, you're looking at it through a long wilderness of football that we've lived through for the last four years, that's fair. and arguably the last year to two of, of, of Paul's reign. So it's been six long. It's the years. most I've been excited about Georgia Tech football in a while. It, it they're giving us a chance. We get a bye week this week, and then we get to see what they do. So. I think we should end it there. Absolutely. Fantastic conversation. We'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. If uh, we made any mistakes you want to correct, hopefully we didn't. But also, if you got an opinion, you've got a thought, Joshua, tell them how they can get in touch with you, the fan who's also the media guy. Well, it's very easy. Um, under the podcast, there's an option to leave comments or reviews. So if you really want, if you want it to be public, by all means, go down there. If you want to do more of a one-on-one sort of contact, if you want to talk to me personally, you can DM me on Instagram at joshuajulian46, or you can email me at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Still working on potentially getting that email for the show. Uh, we want to see just how much you guys actually want to kind of get in, get involved. Um, otherwise, I, I enjoy. I would like to enjoy the personal conversations. So if you I, want, to, want to say anything... Hit me up. I will say this. Last week, we talked about leaving a review. Yes. And we were at five reviews, I believe. Okay. On Apple. Yes. We're at eight. Well, you guys are getting involved. Thank Our you reviews very much. have gone up by 60%. That's pretty good growth. Especially, That's amazing. Especially in this economy. Well, maybe we can get to 10 reviews on Apple. Maybe. If you guys get us to 10 reviews, on Apple. we'll love you forever. And I'm sorry I didn't look at the other podcasting platforms. Apple is what I had on my phone while we're recording this. I'll do a better job of back testing and looking at all of our podcast. We are available on multiple podcasting platforms, Spotify and other stuff. Uh, obviously, Apple's our main one. We do this show. Uh, he is a Georgia Tech fan. I'm a Georgia Tech alum. We do this for Georgia Tech fans and alum. And one of the things we say is, while we go out and try and guerrilla market the show and organically market the show, everybody that's listening now is a Georgia Tech fan or alum. And you know another Georgia Tech fan or alum. First of all, you need to go up to them and ask them, hey, What's the good word? And secondly, you need to go, speaking of what's the good word, there's a great little podcast you should check out. So for Joshua, this is Steven. We'll leave you with the age-old question, what's the good word? <laughs>